Welcome to the new Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment by interviewing cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations. Dr. Elsie is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters as soon as they reopen. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of the Cat Film Festival for free on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV. This show is also brought to you by Meet Me, where they make organic, humane, raw frozen foods and dehydrated treats on their own rural farm in Virginia. The turkey, chicken, rabbit, and beef are certified organic and humanely raised and processed right on their property. So they control safety and health for animals on their farm and at your home, which is why they say, from farm to bowl. I have the marvelous Dr. Elizabeth Hodgkins here, retired from her feline-only vet practice, but full of knowledge, and the author of a book that really any cat owner should have, Your Cat, Simple New Secrets to a Longer Life. It has all the answers and some of the questions that you might want to ask your vet or ask yourself. And Dr. Elizabeth, I'm really glad you can jump on from time to time and answer questions that I get from from listeners because I wonder why are they asking me? Why aren't they asking their own vet? I mean, does that over the years that we've answered questions together, doesn't that strike you as a, a kind of an oddity? Well, it does. And before I go on, thank you for having me on, Tracy. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and your listeners. But uh, it it is, and it's it, it might suggest that they do not get the time with their veterinarian. And I know this does happen. Veterinarians are very busy now, just like physicians are. Uh, they don't get the time to ask all their questions. They don't think of all the questions when they're there. But it also might mean they're not really sure that the veterinarian is taking their pet situation into account and giving them a well thought out answer. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, and we know people don't always ask their physicians the questions Correct. that they have. They'll yes. go to WebMD, or they'll yes. go to their friends, or whatever. That's right. Um, but, you know, you and I would agree that the first place you need to go is to your veterinarian and at least attempt. G- give every effort you can to have your questions written down, well thought out, and clear, and ask your vet, or ask the the knowledgeable nurse, not the receptionist necessarily, right. love receptionist, right. but uh, ask somebody who has medical training the questions, and yes and no answers are generally not acceptable. That's a very um, good you one. Don't wanna, That's a very if, good if one. If you're asking, do I need to get uh, a rabies shot for my cat? Yes is not an answer. Uh, I don't think you get no very often in a veterinary hospital, but uh, yes is not enough of an answer. There needs to be more in in that example of a question, and there are a zillion questions an owner can ask. That's that's a, that's really put well. First of all, you have to feel comfortable to ask the question. Writing it down before you go in is a great idea because between your cat meowing and perhaps scratching and clawing and basically being miserable being in the vet's office with or without you know comfort zone or feel away or something, 
you're right, going to forget right. and you're going to have a sweaty upper lip because, you know, oh, my God, my cat's miserable. Why did I put the poor pussy cat through the vet visit? And you're right. anxious over whatever your anxieties may be over, you know, is your cat going to live to 21? You really hope so. So here's a question that I got. And I thought, oh, this is perfect for Dr. Elizabeth and me. Hi, I purchased your book, meaning the Cat Bible, and read about the possibility of my pet getting cancer at the site of the rabies vaccine. Now, I wrote her back full, filled with guilt because I didn't, I mean, that was something that I researched, what, 15 years ago, and I also now want Dr. Elizabeth to tell us is, did that turn out to be an issue? Did did cats really get cancer at the site of rabies vaccinations, or do they still? So we'll answer that in a sec. But then she says, can you recommend a brand that would be safe? Now, we don't, as as consumers of vet care, we don't ask for brands, right? The vet right. has what the right. vet has, just like you get a COVID vaccine. Do you get Moderna? Do you get Pfizer? Do you get Johnson & Johnson? It's really not your choice. And as far as rabies vaccines go, I've never even heard of a brand being noticed, being noted. But that's what she asks. I need to bring my three-year-old inside cat for a checkup which we are very happy she's getting a checkup on her cat. Not enough people do. And although my cat was initially vaccinated, I'm concerned the veterinarian will insist on another vaccine. So here's my two questions for you. We've, we've already spoken to the fact that while I'm gratified that people trust me, I am not a vet. I've never presumed to be a vet. I don't want to interrupt or disrupt the relationship people have, a, a trusting communication with a vet. But there are vets right. who are busy or they can be dismissive. Well, why are you even questioning that? Well, because I read something. Ah, you don't know what you're reading. You know, and then the person is shut down and can't have that dialogue, as you said. So the first question is, is there any danger to cats, cancer danger, from getting a rabies vaccination or any vaccination? Well, um, it's, it's a complicated answer. I'll try to be as succinct as I can. There is danger. And your first question, which was, did that really happen? Is yes, it really did happen. It was proven that the vaccines that were being given mm, a good, you know, 10, 15, 20 right. years ago were in an alarming number of cats. It wasn't the majority of cats vaccinated, but it was far too many. Yes. Were developing a particular type of sarcoma at the site where they had been vaccinated. And it was specifically the rabies vaccine that was implicated, okay. not the panleukopenia right. vaccine or right. any of the others. So it was a very real thing. Um, my belief is that part of the problem was that the vaccines were highly reactive and they were highly reactive because rabies is a very bad disease. It's a public health issue. And manufacturers of vaccines in those days were not nearly as concerned about the health of the cat. Right. They were more concerned about the cat being a transmitter of a very serious right. disease to human right. beings. Mm -hmm. So these were vaccines that were very, very potent, had adjuvants, what we call adjuvants, meaning they had additives in them to cause the cat's immune system to react quite strongly to the, the little piece of rabies virus that was in the vaccine okay yes so there was a problem and the recommendation became well vaccinate cats in their hind leg so if they get a sarcoma oh, good they god. amputate their leg oh yes. good god i it remember was, that now it was quite frightening yes <laughs> was yes frightening what an idea right that, 
Yeah, well, it's way better than having the sarcoma on the back of the neck, which was where a lot of them were showing up, because that was typically a place where we would be putting these vaccines subcutaneously. Right, right. Okay, we yes. didn't stick them in the spinal cord or anything, but and but then you have a much more difficult time uh, taking the tumor off if it's in a place like that. So, to fast forward to modern day, um, there are a couple things for people to consider here. The vaccines have been improved. They can still create the reaction. Cats' immune systems are highly, they're, they're on a hair trigger, okay? Cats do have more reactive immune systems than dogs or people. We, we know that from all the yes. various conditions that they get, and they get a lot of autoimmune diseases. So we know that they have very, very sensitive immune systems, but vaccines have improved. Having said that, a pet owner should know what the rules are in their jurisdictions. Some jurisdictions are much more uh, strict about yes. this. There are some jurisdictions, not many in the United States, where the animal control people will actually come around to your house and check. No kidding. These are unusual. Yes, these are very unusual places. And in this day and age where budgets are limited, I don't think it happens very much. Right. It certainly doesn't happen much for cats. Dogs, yes. It is unlikely that a, a pet owner taking their cat in for a physical or for anything else that has not had a vaccine uh, in the past uh, five, six, seven, eight years would be forced by the veterinarian. The recommendation would be made. The veterinarian might even get a very, very stern look on his or her face uh, in a disapproving uh, way right. to say, if you don't take this recommendation, you're doing bad by your cat and right. by the rest of society. So that can happen, but veterinarians are not in the business of forcing their clients to have even rabies vaccines where there is a public health interest. Indoor cats. Now, we know for a fact that when cats get infected, and that's unusual, okay, when cats get infected, they get infected because they are outdoors and they are catching bats or right. they're tangling with raccoons or yes. possums or skunks or other types of wildlife. If you do have an indoor cat or you live in a three-story condo in the top and your right. cat simply doesn't go out even into your hallway, right. there, is, there is really no way for your cat to get rabies, okay? It's unlikely you're, you're gonna get it and bite your cat, okay? I'm being <laughs> a little silly here, but if, if one understands rabies transmission, right. one knows that you really do have to have a cat that either comes in contact with a rabid dog or another rabid cat or rabid wildlife, which is how most pets get infected, is they tussle uh, with, and they have to be bitten. They can't just eat a rabid skunk, okay? They have to be bitten by the skunk. So um, owners need to, to just think about it. My cats go into my backyard. I have never seen any wildlife in my backyard. I'm in a housing development here in Idaho. And even though Idaho has lots of wildlife, in this development, which has been here for quite a long time, I have never seen so much as a mouse in my backyard. Um, Sadly so my for your cats, who would be much happier to, to find a mouse. <laughs> Now, they do see birds. We have birds back there, but I've never read a report of, of uh, rabies transmission from an avian of, of, of any species. It has right. to be a mammal, okay? This is a mammalian disease. So 
I have vaccinated my cats when they were younger. They got their, their first rabies vaccine, and I have not vaccinated them since then. Uh, I did vaccinate cats periodically uh, in my practice for rabies when I thought there was a risk. Right. So that's, this brings me full circle to your question about when you ask, should my cat get a rabies vaccine? And the answer is yes. And there have been no questions about, okay, tell me about how your cat lives. What's yes. your cat's environment? How yes. long has it been? There needs to be a longer conversation before you say yes to a rabies vaccine. That's heresy. Okay, I realize that. No, but I embrace but it. I embrace it. Most of my career. Yes, you are a heretical person because in addition to having a, a veterinary degree, you also have a law degree. So your mind was trained young to think very literally, very logically, very rationally, and to question, question authority, question given, you know, wisdom, uh, you know, common wisdom, if you will. And I think it's important that we all learn to do that without tipping over into some kind of like, oh, I don't trust anything I'm told. So your answer is fabulous. Right. No, this is really straight science, straight facts. A cat indoors. I remember once years ago when you and I were doing Cat Chat when it was live on the Martha Stewart channel of Sirius, and we had such a blast doing it. And somebody called in and said their vet said, well, yes, they were in an apartment or maybe it was a house, but it was possible. And I thought, oh, this is like the Twilight Zone, that a a rabid bat could go down the chimney and get in the house and bite the cat. I'm like, wow, that's quite the scenario. So, you know, if you have a... (laughs) <laughs> close the flue on your uh, that would be my advice I, unless you've got a hot fire going close the flue on your fireplace should that be an entry point for bats certainly this cat was initially vaccinated as a youngster so it, so the cat's body does have some immunity I mean the question is it does is the cat that's, in any jeopardy really yeah but so it was initially well, vaccinated that's a good point so it's got some These immunity. Vaccines last a long time. Yeah, they do last a long time. And you know something that's in the news right now, and I, I'm going to throw this in. Uh, you know, people are saying we don't know how long antibodies are going to last in the immune system. That's right. For people who've been naturally affected or have been vaccinated for coronavirus. This yes. Is true of all vaccination and all viruses. Understand that if you have developed immunity at one point, your antibody levels may definitely fall off. As a matter of fact. They need to fall off or else your blood would be sludged because there'd be all these antibodies right. from all the things you've ever been exposed to. That's Think right. of how much antibody mass that would create. Correct. What the immune system has done is a very brilliant thing. It keeps cells that remember, okay? There Good are point. memory cells in mm-hmm. your body, even if you don't have an antibody that can be detected by a lab. You have memory cells that are wandering around just waiting to be, to, to see this virus or whatever it is, bacterium, whatever, and then there will be a much more rapid response than there was the first time. That's that's what how the immune system retains the ability to to have an immune response that is different than the first time. So all of us ought to bear in mind that just because your cat has been vaccinated and even if it had the antibody test and there were no antibodies tested, if it was vaccinated recently, it still has memory cells to rabies, to panleukopenia. And most of these cat vaccines are extremely potent. They're like tetanus in people. You yes. and I both know 10 that, years. that lasts at least yeah, 10 years. That's right. Yeah. And 
and, and probably longer, but at least 10 years. And with, with rabies in cats, because cats develop such a good immunity to this very potent vaccine, they, they don't need them every three years. Correct. Now, the question of are there different types? Yes, there are two types of rabies vaccine. I'm not going to say they're brands, but right. they're types. There's a one year and there's a three year. And I usually tell people, get the three year and every six to 10 years is plenty. That's a great answer. So great answer. It's heretical, but we're also uh, just remind people we're not talking about indoor outdoor cats, which were we understand cats would love to be free. And wouldn't that be a great world? It's generally quite dangerous. The average lifespan of an outdoor cat is seven years and of a properly fed and looked after indoor cat is closer to 20 years. So, you know, if you don't like your cat that much, let them out. I mean, I hate to be so harsh, but really, because between dogs, wildlife, cars, other cats, you know, probably not a great environment. But if the cat's totally no. indoors and the veterinarian shouldn't insist, the veterinarian's just a mouthpiece for a health department. And that's right. why the yes or no answer is not sufficient. Who are you individually? Who is your cat individually? What is your lifestyle? What is the possible right. exposure? And if all that's low, and plus we know this vaccine it has a as a efficacy way past the three years, there's no reason to. But good for her for taking the cat in for a checkup. People don't do it enough That's with right. kitties because it's, it's very uncomfortable for the cat and therefore for the person. Cats need their mouths right. looked at. I say that's the number one thing. You know, we can't look at our cat's mouths, and you vets know how to look at their teeth and look at their gums. A whole nother conversation. Elizabeth, this was a great answer to a question and just absolutely perfect. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Very welcome, Tracy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Cat Chat. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which created their own clean protein foods inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but clean protein also comes as a dry food, the first one I would recommend if you want to feed dry even as part of your cat's diet. This show is also supported by cat water, specially formulated to appeal to cats, chlorine-free, ozonated, and lightly acidic, to encourage them to drink more to promote urinary tract health and the ideal pH.